Hi everyone, as a pilot, the greatest thing you could probably ever do is cross the North Atlantic. And to do it in a single engine plane, well that's over the top. My flight instructor, John Mariani, asked me at the 2006 MMLPA convention if I wanted to join him and five other planes to cross the North Atlantic. My first inclination was, hell yes, that sounds like an epic journey. And then I realized just how dangerous it was. Needless to say, he found five other willing pilots that wanted to make the journey with their loved ones and family, and we all met up in Bangor, Maine. Then we spent the night and went on to Goose Bay, from there to Greenland, then Iceland, then Scotland, and we had crossed the North Atlantic, and then on to Paris, and then Rome, where we did our flight training, and then over to Sardinia. What an epic journey. So it was summertime, seven o'clock in the morning, and we took off. We had a pretty decent day, okay weather, came out over Bellingham Bay, over the San Juan Islands. Sun was shining just a little bit through the clouds and we punched through a layer and we got up to 27,000 feet and we are on our way to cross the North Atlantic. It was a crazy start. I'll never forget the goosebumps thinking I was about ready to do one of the craziest things that very few pilots in the world have ever done and that is to cross the North Atlantic. Our plane has a range of about a thousand miles. We set out over the Cascades. It's always very beautiful there. And our first stop was Fargo, North Dakota. We stopped and Cameron Diaz had just landed in her jet and I asked the guys, how'd she look? She said, well, pajamas, no makeup, not so hot. We took off out of Fargo. The planes were beautiful, very flat. We got up to altitude, punched through a couple layers again. Uh, pretty smooth flying. We had about four hours and we got into Connecticut. That would be our next stop where we'd meet some friends and we would spend the day in Nantucket. That was a place they always wanted to go. So we said, we'll meet up for a day, come a day early. And then after that, we would fly up to Bangor and meet the rest of the team. So here we are into approach, few scattered showers as we came in. So the next morning we hooked up with Rob and Karen, took off and guess what? It was down to minimums in Nantucket. What a hard approach, but we got out there. It was beautiful and we drove around. We gawked at all the beautiful big houses. Then the next morning we flew to Bangor, Maine. And when we woke up the next morning in Bangor, Maine to blue skies and a beautiful start as all six of the planes got together and we began our journey. So we connected with our friends, dialed in Goose Bay, lined up in sequence all six planes and we took off. For the most part, the weather was pretty good on takeoff, few little scattered clouds here and there. But as we got closer to Goose Bay, the thunderstorms were everywhere and we were looking at the radar and dodging storms all the way into touchdown. Runway was pretty wet, but everybody made it in successfully. And needless to say, our journey was becoming more and more intense and the weather would only get worse and worse as we went along. As we got into town, we all walked around. We actually went out to the dump and saw all the bears out in the dump because that's the most exciting thing you can do in Goose Bay. We stayed in a little dive hotel, went to a little restaurant, and then we had a briefing from John Mariani that night. In one of the hangars, right where we parked the plane, they were actually restoring the Glacier Girl. We got to go in and see it. Now, the Glacier Girl actually landed on a glacier in 1942 because it ran out of fuel on the way over to World War II and they dug it out of 300 feet of ice just recently. So much for global warming. Next morning we woke up programmed in Greenland and we were on our way. Now the one thing that we learned was in the briefing that I told you about that John gave us in the evening, we got the sobering facts that if we go down in the North Atlantic, you would not survive. And we had all the survival gear. We had survival suits and rafts. And he said, nobody ever survives it. So basically we spent thousands of dollars on gear for nothing. 
and we realized that we were really taking our life in our hands. But nonetheless, we made it into Congalusac, and the weather was just treacherous coming in, but we landed and we were so happy. We made the first major leg across the North Atlantic, and boy, were we happy to be on the ground. And when we got on the ground, we saw all these crazy signs of all the different directions. This was their golf course, a little primitive, and this was the clubhouse. But it's okay, we had a great time looking around and Greenland was fascinating. This is all the glacier melt coming off. And John showed us how they spell garbage in uh, Greenland or whatever the language is they speak there. And these crazy pilots were going across the North Atlantic in a helicopter. And the next morning we woke up and as we got into the interior, it turned into solid ice. So as we were crossing Greenland, it was difficult to tell the ground from the sky. They looked so similar with all the snowpack. But we landed at Kepvik four hours later. Kepvik is a former military base for the U.S. And John had been to Iceland many times and he took us on a tour of all the local sights and sounds. Iceland is a very beautiful country, very rugged, very remote. Not a lot of people, but a lot of beautiful scenery everywhere you go. And the waterfalls, forget it. They're unbelievable. This is all glacier melt. And we had a great time touring around. We spent about a day there. And you get to do things in Iceland, you don't get to do anywhere else. They'd never let anybody near the edge of the water like this. But in Iceland, you can get away with that. We got some great pictures of some of the team members, Ty and Laura, and a whole group shot there as well. A lot of people packed into six small planes. And then the next morning, we took off en route to Scotland. Now, again, the, the weather was not very good coming into Scotland. We had to punch through the clouds. But then we finally got down to a point where we could see the runway, and we landed, and we made it. Presswick, Scotland, we had crossed the North Atlantic in a single engine aircraft. It was just an amazing sensation and feeling and accomplishment to do this. And Ty, I looked at Ty when I walked up to his plane and I said, there's the Texan that crossed the North Atlantic. I parked my plane behind the 747 just to put it in perspective how little our planes were. We had a celebratory beer and the next morning we woke up and we began the flight planning for the next part of our journey, which would take us on to Paris or a little village outside of Paris. Now these times on the flight planning where we did this on the wing, these are great memories and I'll never ever forget them. There was a lot going into crossing the North Atlantic and just navigating in European airspace. It was not easy. The flight clearances were difficult. Sometimes we waited as long as two hours to get our clearances. But then finally the next morning, we got clearance, it was a beautiful morning to take off, and we are on our way to France. So we landed in a little village outside of Paris called Saint-Denis, France. It was a beautiful little airport. We had some nice weather, which was very welcome. We landed one by one and then taxied up to where we would fuel. And as I saw the plane sitting there, I thought, man, this would be really cool to get a shot. So I lined all the planes up perfectly and took some really epic pictures of all the jet props lined up. Then we went out and got some French bread and some cheese and we programmed in our next stop, which would be Rome. And we crossed France and the Swiss Alps. Then we crossed the coastline of France and over into Italy. And boy, was the journey becoming more and more enjoyable. The sights were beautiful and it was warming up. It wasn't so cold anymore. And then we got into Rome and we landed again in a small little village outside of Rome. And it was just a beautiful little airport. And now journalists knew that we were coming. So the press had been alerted and we had quite a greeting when we got to Rome because people said, wow, six planes from America, single engine cross all the way over to come for flight training in Rome. And there we are landing in Rome. What a beautiful, beautiful sight. 
and what a special moment this was. Who would have ever dreamt a boy from San Diego would come to be a pilot and then cross the North Atlantic? I would have never dreamed it in a million years, but here we were taking in the beautiful sights and sounds of Rome, Italy, and we'd flown there completely on our own. So we spent about a week in Rome, and during this time we were doing our flight train as well, but we got to wander around the city, and I'd been to Rome before, and it's just a beautiful place, and there's so much history there. Ty and I jumped in a local fountain, had a great little cooling down because it was pretty hot there. And then the next day we decided to go to Parma, which is world famous for where they make Parmesan cheese. So we took a train about two hours up north, and everything was shut down, but we found this one restaurateur who helped us get a tour of a Parma factory or a Parma cheese plant and his friend owned it and he opened it up for us on Sunday and we went in there and the owner was over the top. Didn't speak much English but we worked it out and he took us through a tour through his entire plant. It was spectacular to say the least and he took us into the place where they age the Parma cheese and where they make it and I think he had like $8 million worth of Parmesan cheese aging because a lot of times you have to age it for two and three years. So these are the rounds as they make them and they dip them in water and they have to go through this whole process. And he went through everything, he was so kind. I mean, he opened up his entire plant and factory just for us so we could see all this. He's showing us here is by tapping on the wheel of cheese, you can tell from the tone whether or not it's aged correctly, and then when it's aged correctly, they put the stamp on there. Then, during this week, we spent time at this historical museum of aviation for Italian aviators, and this is actually where we did the flight training. John took us through the museum and saw all the great old historical Italian planes. The Italians were very good engineers, very good aeronautical engineers, and the planes there were absolutely beautiful. They actually did a crossing where they had all these seaplanes that were Italian and they crossed to go over to the United States. Fantastic museum, fantastic learning. Then after a week of flight training, we got in our planes and we flew to the island of Sardinia. And this is where John and Luisa was from. So we took a journey back to their hometown and it was just incredible landing on another island out in the middle of the Mediterranean. It was fantastic. There was Wes and Art as we landed. We were so excited and Laura and everybody like, wow, we did it. Look at this crazy journey. We got back in our planes the next day, crossed the Italian Alps and then back into France. And then from France, we went across over London and we landed at Stornoway, Scotland. And this time it was treacherous. The airport was closed. It was 35 mile an hour crosswinds. We barely made it in. We were almost out of fuel and we both just said, we just dodged a bullet. And that night we got into town, we had the best and most tasty meal I've ever had in my life because I was alive. And we also had a great bottle of wine to boot. Wow, was I happy. We had made it to Stornoway, Scotland. And I'll tell you, I'll never forget this night for the rest of my life. We slept so well the next morning we got up and we took off and the, actually the skies were so pleasant compared to the way we landed and we punched out through the clouds and over the Scottish coastline and boy was it beautiful but now we are going to retrace our steps and cross the North Atlantic now for a second time in route to Reykjavik, Iceland. So here we are coming across some of the glaciers on Iceland as we approach the airport. And this is where it really got interesting because we landed at Iceland, 
there was a G4 that had just landed with a bunch of scientists on it. We asked them what they were doing. They said they were studying global warming. And we asked them, what happens if you find out that the earth is actually not warming? And I'll never forget these words. They said, we zip our lips or we lose our funding. So much for that global warming, hey? 300 foot of ice digging the glacier girl out of it. And they're studying to find out if it warm. Hmm, it might be all about money. So we were happy to be back in Iceland. We refueled and then we took in a few sights and sounds with the rest of the day. And we walked around, looked around and had a great time. It's a beautiful little city. I've been there many times since as well. And we just had a great time. We got ready to go and the next morning we took off and we left Reykjavik, which is just a beautiful little city. And the next stop would be Nasasarak, Greenland. Now this was very treacherous at this approach. The weather was not good. We had to shoot through a fjord and come up through the uh, runway where the, on the approach plates it said warning for icebergs because they're floating right in front of the right in front of the runway and they can be so tall sometimes they can actually be hit by a plane but we made it in safely but a lot of other planes did not this is a very treacherous crossing lots of very experienced pilots die trying to do what we've done lots of them crash land there's nothing easy about what we were attempting to do and believe me we were very grateful for every safe landing we made with the rest of the daylight we had, we went out hiking around and one of the locals told us this was the fountain of youth and we all partook. And then we went down to the water and we picked up some ice that was floating around and see that iceberg behind us? It actually rolled over right in front of us. I've never seen that and the locals said it's very rare. Look at this thing. It's rolling over right in front of us and it turns in that looks like a dragon when it comes around. It almost hits the dock as well. Look at that. The head comes up, looks just like a dragon. It's the craziest thing we've ever seen. So the next morning we refueled and we took off. And when we reflect back on this journey, it's just hard to comprehend we did what we did. As a young pilot, I had about a thousand hours at the time. We saw so much of the world and we took such an epic journey of both danger and adventure. And we had a great leader. John Mariani was our fearless leader. And he led us through all the difficult parts of it with the flight training and the navigation and the weather and everything we faced. But at the end of the day, we had a trip that we will never, ever, ever forget. And we made it home all the way across the North Atlantic and back to Rome, Sardinia, and back home. Wow. I will never, ever forget this amazing trip. Mm -hmm.